welcome to the 4Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Alex. On the show today, we're going to focus primarily on Ryan Ellis and his new eight-year, $50 million extension. The Predators locked up the young, relatively young, 28 years old, uh, right-handed, shortish defenseman that we all love with a great beard, uh, to a great, very team-friendly deal. We're going to talk a lot about that. In fact, we have a special guest to talk about that. Um, but in addition to that, we're all going to talk about the upcoming season just a little bit and touch on what we can look forward to over the next month and a half. Uh, sorry, it's been a while since the last podcast. This is just kind of how the summer goes. Um, this might be the, the, the last summer themed one until we get into the, uh, training camp and everything and start to prepare for the season. And then once the season hits, we'll uh, try to go once a week and we'll, we'll do that as much as we can as, as the season and the schedule allows. But I want to talk about this uh, Ryan Ellis deal right off the top. Um, it, uh, he had his press conference today with David Poyle, and uh, I thought that was a very interesting press conference because he said some things in that um, that you just don't normally hear from a, um, a professional athlete sign- who, after just having signed a contract. Um, I know you can you can make it what you will. I mean, there's only so much you can really get out of a out of a press conference. Some of the quotes I'm gonna I'm gonna read here in a second. I think set a very kind of a different precedent for this team. But on the contract itself, Ryan Ellis signed a very team-friendly eight-year extension. Sounds crazy. It's an eight-year extension, but it's still very team-friendly considering the the number and the fact that there's no new move clause or no trade clause. I mean, we're talking about six and a quarter million a year for a defenseman. Right now may seem to to, to some people who don't really study this as, as a lot of money, in five years, six and a quarter million a year for a top four defenseman is going to be a steal. Much in the same way that two and a half million dollars for a top four defenseman, which is what he was signed to in, what, 2014, um, was also a steal. So uh, it just adds to the value that, that David Poyle has squeezed out of this out of this defense. So an eight-year deal takes Ryan Ellis uh, through, 20, through 2027. So... Um, and he'll be, what, 34, 35, I guess, by the time that that's over with. Um, the team has found a way to carry these top four defensemen, three of the top four defensemen, for the entirety of their core sort of uh, real value years, their their peak of their career. I guess that's what I'm trying to say, the peak of their career. So Subban, Ekholm, and Ellis are all signed for the next four years and beyond, uh, and they will all be in their late 20s, early 30s during that. Um, the the value on the Ekholm contract is now the best value, but, I mean, in a few years, you might say it's the Ellis value, considering how Ellis might proceed, pro- progress as a player. Um, Subban is obviously, you know, one of the best defensemen in the league. He's a, he's a Norse-caliber defenseman every single year, so his value is already there. What... I think that the real question at this point is going to be, what does this do for Roman Yossi? And to that point, I want to go to what Ryan Ellis said in his press conference. Here's his actual quote. This was this was Thursday, August 16th. He said, I'm getting paid more than enough to play hockey. It was just about coming across a fair deal that would work for both sides. We have other guys that need to be re-upped and need to be signed in the future. And I had to do my part to keep this thing going in the right direction. To me, he was talking directly to Roman Yossi. 
that is exactly who he was talking about. He may have been suggesting, you know, maybe something about Pecorine. I don't know. But he was basically talking to Roman Yossi, and, and in a good way. He was saying, hey, I'm taking this team-friendly deal because I want Roman around. I want, Ro- I want our captain to stick around here as well. And so when Roman Yossi's deal is up in 2020, I think he's probably going to follow suit. I, I, I can't imagine that he wouldn't. If he doesn't, I'll be surprised. If, and I don't mean he's going to take a, a, a bargain basement deal. I mean, I think he's going to take a fair deal. He's going to get something, he's going to get what he's worth. But right now, you know, if Roman Yossi at that age, if he, if, he's, if he commands at, you know, age 30, something like seven or eight million, maybe he'll get the, the lower end of that. Maybe he'll, he'll go for the lower end of that, and, and he might get a little bit more on term, but I, I just think that that quote from Ryan Ellis, and there were, there were a lot of other things in there that he, that he said kind of similarly. He said, the one thing really excited me is this team going for, is going to compete for a long time, and I want to be a part of that. Um, after my, having my hand in building a part of it, I want to continue and stay here long term. He talks about getting married. Um, he say, continually says he wants to stay in Nashville long term, which is just, I mean, obviously he does because he took an eight-year contract. Um, and, uh, there was another thing. If we, here he goes, if, if we can keep everyone here and keep the core together, I think we can compete for a Stanley Cup for the next 10 years, at least, he says. Being a little bit generous, perhaps, with the number of years there, because he's not even here for 10 years, he's here for nine. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, I don't know how you could say otherwise. I mean, the guy has, the guy has shown that he's committed to this team long term, I would just imagine that Roman Yossi is sitting there looking at that and saying, you know what, that's a good point, Ryan. When I when my time for negotiation comes up next summer, so it's a, when he's a year out from his uh, UFA contract running out, uh, he will be, uh, I think he will probably consider something similar. And as far as the rest of the defense, I mean, you know, whatever you want to do. I mean, they signed Dan Hamus for a million and a quarter. You could probably find another guy like that who's a, early 30s aging defenseman who's quality, you know, who knows who that will be at this point. But um, the forwards, we already know about. That's already kind of set. I think the only question is going to be, you'll be getting into, will Yusei Saros be up for a big, like a big contract? He'll be an RFA the next summer, but that'll be the only thing because you still got to worry about that bridge between Rene and Saros. They, they, they built a pretty stir- sturdy bridge right now with Saros getting the one and a half million for three years. Uh, Rene probably going to resign after after this year. At least it sounds like, according to David Poyle, that sounds like that's their next priority is making sure Rene sticks around for a little bit longer. Who knows what will actually happen, but I can't imagine that he wouldn't sign another extension or uh, an extension beyond uh, this year. Probably something pretty team-friendly. But anyways, I, I just think that signing just... I mean, the, the contract blew me away, but his, what Ryan Ellis said about that contract also kind of blew me away. So that's that uh, for Ryan Ellis, um, except for our guest here in a minute. But uh, I want to talk about the upcoming um, season a little bit, and or really the next couple of months. So right now we're kind of going through our top 25 under 25. Eric is taking care of that. He's doing a really good job. Um, there's really not much else going on in the, the month of August. There's just there's nothing to really talk about. Um, rookie camp starts September 6th. Um, that is uh, usually a pretty popular thing. However, this year, the Rookie Showcase, the actual, the fun part, uh, is in Florida. So, I don't think we're going to be going there. Last year, it was moved to Nashville because of the hurricanes, and uh, or the hurricane, I guess. But this year, it's in Florida. Don't know if anyone's, I mean, I'm not going. 
maybe 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 some of you will. If you do, let us know. Shoot shoot us some pictures. Training camp opens September thirteenth, so uh, about a week after that, um, and um, we'll kind of have some some big stories going into this season. Obviously, one of them just got resolved, so we'll have to come up with some. We'll do some position previews. We'll do league predictions. We'll do some some big questions facing the team, all that kind of stuff. And that leads us right to October fourth, the season opener at New York Rangers. So um, we are a month and a half away from uh, actual hockey, which is a really exciting thing to have. So I think the only other thing I was going to mention is that uh, I, I, this this summer has been <laughs> such a slow summer for this team. But and and there's. I know there's some trepidation about, you know, whether or not that's a good thing, whether the team needed to make any kind of moves or if they were okay to just stand pat. Um, I, I don't, I don't know that you could really make an argument for a, a big shakeup. I, I, I mean, I know that that when you get when you lose a game seven in the second round and you don't capitalize on such a great regular season performance and a number one overall seed, it is very easy to to overreact. But if you think about the if you think about the things that didn't really go well, I wrote about this at the end of the year. The things that didn't go well are kind of taken care of. I don't think the Mike Fisher thing really worked out. He's no longer here. Uh, I think Mike Fisher took some minutes away from guys that could have maybe done a little bit better offensively. I think Mike Fisher had what two, three, four, maybe four or five points in twenty eight games or something while he was here. Um. Anyway, so Mike Fisher's no longer here. Alexi Emelin is no longer here. Uh, Scott Hartnell, we could miss a little bit, but I think there's guys that can step up and play in that position uh, with a, f- a little bit more juice in their legs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I get I get the worry a little bit that, you know, they didn't make any moves, and also the, the moves that especially St. Louis made um, can, you know, perhaps worry some people. But I just, I don't know that they were in a position necessarily to to do anything major. I mean, they, they, here's, here's some, some interesting, I did some research on this. If you look at where the Predators, I'm going to talk about the, I've talked about the defense already, but let me mention something about the, the forwards for a second. The, the Predators have six of their seven highest paid forwards signed for the next three years. Six of their seven. Five of those seven are signed for the next four years. So the only two that drop off are Craig Smith and Nick Benino. Most of those guys are 30 years or younger during that time. That's what you want. You want younger guys that still have a lot in a lot in the tank and that's your top that's basically your top 6. Your top 6 plus 1 actually. Of course we were talking about the defense, three of the four are highest paid are, are through the next 3 years or 4 years actually. The only RFA worries they really have are not till 2019. They took care of those, so they've got Fiala coming up. They've got Sissons, Hartman. Colton Sissons is the only one that's arbitration eligible. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to arbitration, but Fiala and Hartman. Hartman's on this prove-it year. Maybe he does well. Maybe he doesn't. If he doesn't, who cares? But look where the, the rest of the division is. The only other team that has anything like that kind of balance, St. Louis has six of their seven forwards for the next three years. But they drop off after four years. They only have three of the next seven, so they're gonna have to they're gonna have to focus on some some contract extensions there. Minnesota, three of their top seven. Colorado, three of their top seven. Chicago, four of their top seven. Plus, they have a lot of other issues. Dallas, three of their seven. Winnipeg, five of their seven. I don't think I skipped anybody, but it, anyways, the 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 only team that has this has the stability over the next four years is Nashville has the most stability of the next four years. And they did all of that last summer, this year, over the course of the season, acquiring Kyle Turris, 
signing Philip Forsberg to that deal in what was it 2016. So they've got a lot of things a lot of things set up perfectly to where they were just they didn't have a lot on the on the agenda for this for this summer and it's easy to forget that. It's easy to think oh you got to make some changes, you got to make a big trade. I just don't know that they really needed to. I, I mean, I was just as angry as you were at the end of, of Game Seven, but when you really look at it, there wasn't much to do. There just wasn't wasn't a lot of moves to make. We can talk all we want about trying to acquire John Tavares or trying to trade for Max Pacioretty or whatever whatever trade you want to make. I just don't know that it was in the cards. I, I think they. I know David Poyle said the thing about um, keeping the keeping the band together, and Laviolette was right there with him when he said it, and. Ryan Ellis just talked about it today. That's been their their refrain this whole summer. I think we can probably trust that that's probably true. I, if, if there's any kind of big moves, I'd be surprised. So this is the team we're looking at coming uh, October 4th. So Okay, uh, that's going to set us up for our guest today. Um, this, this is going to be a different kind of interview. I'm kind of looking forward to it. So uh, we will uh, get that set up here when we come back. We'll be right back. Okay, joining me on the podcast is a professional race car driver who began racing cars at the age of four. He drove the nine, uh, sorry, <laughs> he drives the number 78 car in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. He's also the 2011 Grand Am ST Rookie of the Year. He raced in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. He's now the Go Fast Racing PR rep and still racing professionally in the Xfinity Series. In fact, he's got a race coming up in Bristol, Tennessee this weekend. Now, you may be wondering why we, a hockey podcast, have a race car driver on the on the line with us. And I'm going to tell you, you, you might already know this, but his name is Ryan Ellis. How's it going, Ryan? Oh, not too bad. How about you? I'm doing really good. Uh, the, so here's what's happened. Over the years, I think people have realized that there is a hockey, uh, an NHL playing Ryan Ellis, and then there's also this Ryan Ellis that races cars, which is you. And it has created this. I, I would imagine it's probably created some confusion for both sides on on uh, over 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 the years. But um, how how did you how did you first encounter this? Like, oh, there's two professional athletes that have the same name and are often confused. Yeah, I'm like a, a huge hockey fan. So um, I was watching the World Juniors. I don't even know how many years ago now, probably six, ten years ago. And I saw Ryan Ellis. I'm like, man, that's a really good offensive defenseman. And I was just like sitting there with my dad. I'm like, that'd be pretty cool if he made the NHL, but really didn't follow up on it too much. And obviously he kind of grew into the league and it just became commonplace to, to see him around and uh, never really thought too much about it. Um, and then I think there was a big altercation with uh, JT Brown. Oh, if I man. Right, by the <laughs> yeah. Tampa, Tampa Bay Lightning. And uh, yeah, he like wrecked him in the corner and then <laughs> uh, they went back and forth. And I like, I watched a little bit of that game. I just passed out, went to sleep and I woke up to like, 500 hate tweets and i was like what the heck did i do overnight and i was like ryan you suck you're like don't belong in the league i'm like what the, what the heck is going on i had no idea um so like i think that's kind of where it all started and then the preds invited me out to a game and uh gave me a jersey and um i've just kind of been messing with it ever since and i i think i've gotten more publicity out of the nhl than i ever did nascar so <laughs> that's been awesome. a really funny for sure so yeah, you and you you met him right. I think it was in June of twenty seventeen during the 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 um. Or when did you when did you actually meet him? I'm not sure. Um, I think it was towards the end of our season, so probably like October ish of last year. 
Okay. Um, and I was just surprised, obviously, at A, his beard, and uh, B, that he was, like, about my height. You know, you see those guys in the rink, and you think they're massive, but, um, yeah, he was about my height, and had a nice ginger beard going, and yeah. uh, being Asian, I can't do that, so. So, I think the, the crazy <laughs> thing is, I, I was I was looking at this, and I was like, all right, so they have the same name, and, and they're, like, professional athletes, okay, yeah, that, that that's great. But then you really dive into this, and it's pretty crazy the, the similarities. So I, 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 you, you might have a few more that I haven't heard. But I mean, first of all, you play hockey, and you—I mean—you're both in your late twenties. You both live in live in the South. Uh, as I understand it, you're—you have the same middle name as well. Yeah, we have the same middle name, and based off of that, we have the same. Our parents are my father and his father have the same name too. So we're both both of our dads are James Ellis. That's and crazy. Uh, we're both Ryan James Ellis. <laughs> pretty close on birthday and date. And yeah, I mean, I'm actually literally driving to an adult league hockey game last or tonight right now, and uh, played last night and uh, played through college. So I would rather be much rather be that Ryan Ellis. He's got a lot better payday coming his way, and uh, a lot <laughs> That's better true. what he does. That is very true. So I I, I got to ask you this: What position do you play? Are you, you don't play defense, do you? I play right defense. Oh I don't my know God. if he's right or left-handed. I, I, he is I right-handed. So is he right defensive too? <laughs> yeah, I played right defense for like my whole, uh, like I guess quote, quote unquote career. And, That's crazy. Uh, but I was not number four or six, which is four, right? Uh, he was number, yeah, he's number four now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm 71, so a little bit different there, but just about everything else is the same. So the guys you play with, do they know about this or? Yeah, and uh, I actually brought a few different drivers out with me to Nashville that weekend and uh, had my bachelor party down there um, not too long ago, about a year ago. And, uh, yeah, they got a good kick out of it, and we were on Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, I think Don Cherry was talking about it. Like, I was completely surprised by that. I didn't even know that was going to be airing. It's uh, people, <laughs> awesome. people love it. That's so crazy. Yeah, it's like one of those things where I kind of noticed it, and then, and then I was kind of like, oh, that's kind of strange. And then I noticed that like you were kind of tweeting and sort of embracing it, which I think I think that's great because it would be very easy for someone to get like really annoyed about this and uh, and then just like get angry at people and, and, and being like, do your research, know who I am. I'm not that guy. <laughs> but like you kind of accept it and kind of lean into it, and I think that's just that makes it a much more enjoyable experience for you, I imagine. Yeah, and uh, last year I changed my profile picture, like not even trying to do anything to my college hockey, hockey picture, which is they wore like a goldish yellow jersey. And like it was right around the Preds playoff time. Obviously, the Caps got eliminated at that point. And uh, I was just getting blown up then. I was like, what the heck is going on? I couldn't like uh, get enough people off my back for all that, but I just kind of went along with it. And at, at the end of the day, it's all just fun. You know, we're on the internet for fun. I, right. I'm sure people probably hate me for it just like trying to ride the bandwagon of it all, but I'm just trying to have fun with it. I think I asked the Preds for their, uh, if they wanted my wiring information when I saw the contract and, uh, <laughs> just kind of hope they go along with it. Yeah. We, we, uh, before you came on, I was talking about the contract. It's, it's really, it's a, it's a great deal for the Predators. I mean, oh my it, God, yeah. it's crazy to think about how a $50 million eight year deal is a team friendly deal, but it really, really is. And, um, but yeah, that's, I would imagine seeing that is like, I think you tweeted something like uh, nice payday coming or something like that. It was great. <laughs> yeah. He makes a little bit more money than I do, but, uh, uh yeah, it's, it's most amazing to see your guys's defensive core. Um, you know, with LSU band, Yossi, all of it's absolutely ridiculous. Like being a Caps fan, finally getting our big W there was uh really, really cool. But I think you guys got a much brighter future. Out of you. Yeah, well, I I wanted to ask you about that because you're so. How did you become a Cavs fan? Are you uh, are you from the, the the DC area or? Yeah, I uh, was born in California, moved out to DC when I was like three or four years old. So, um, most of my memory is in the DC area, and 
grew up in the days of uh, Olaf Kohl's, like Peter Bondra, Dale Hunter, and uh, like was a diehard Caps fan. Nice. Kind of just lived and died every time they played the the Penguins, and we just get eliminated every year. And I was just like horribly heartbroken every single year, bitter. And uh, you know, I really didn't think they'd have any shot this year. And um, I figured it'd be either you guys or Winnipeg out west, and uh, probably Pittsburgh again or Tampa yeah. out east. Yeah, and, so, uh, so you got to see you got to see Ovechkin from from draft day to to winning a cup. That's probably that's got to be awesome. Yeah, I was actually at their training camp when he got drafted and uh, Backstrom, and uh, it's just been really cool to be a fan like through all of that and stick through it and be like at the twenty five dollar ticket lower level nights when they back when they really 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 sucked and uh, <laughs> kind of grow with the team. That's awesome. I also read. Do you have a so you, apparently you have like an anti penguins logo on your car? Is that true? Yes, uh, Russian Machine Never Breaks. Yes, uh, a blog awesome. that works with the Caps a little bit. Oh, we uh, love that. We me, love actually. them. Yeah, they're amazing, amazing people. And uh, they're actually probably going to be my car this coming weekend at Road America. And uh, they created that little Dead Gwyns logo. And I've worn the shirt like under my race suit a couple races. We've had it on the race car. And uh, they, like I said, they fully sponsored me one race up in uh, Dover, Delaware. And it's just been really cool to kind of have that. That cross pollination back back and forth between hockey and racing. Well, if there's one thing that all, all every single Predators fan listening to this will appreciate, other than the the namesake, is being anti Penguins because uh, we, after that series that we had with them, and then uh, a couple games in the regular season following, we 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 hate the Penguins. In fact, we did a poll. We did a poll. I saw looking this at, poll. I oh, remember this poll. Did you see it? I, I could not believe yeah. the Penguins were top five. They were number five in like the the rivalry ranking. I could not believe that. Mm-hmm. And um, you guys only play them like what, once or twice a year. Yeah, I mean it. <laughs> it stirred up a lot, a lot of bad. It was really just the Subban Crosby thing. I think was the main of it. But oh, oh when man. he was dribbling his head. Yeah, that was. Yeah, it, it, that was a good play. <laughs> when he threw the the water bottle on the ice like a crybaby. Yeah, that was. I mean. That, I literally that was... just watched the Sidney Crosby cheap shot compilation while I was eating my dinner. So, yeah, <laughs> believe me, I, the hate is very real on my side, too. The, the Predators packed a season or two worth of rivalry into into one series, and so that was a, <laughs> pretty crazy. Um, yeah. I actually want to ask you about your racing. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, I have to say on this podcast, I, I have no idea anything about auto racing. I don't know anything about what it what it takes. I, I don't know the, the leagues or whatever, the series or whatever it is. But how did you get into that? I, were, was it a sort of – I don't even know how, how one gets into that kind of thing. How does that happen? It's it's very different, and I think that's why a lot of people just don't understand it, uh, you know, at a pretty basic level just because there's not like a lot of people grew up and they're like, oh, yeah, I played Little League NASCAR. I played Little League racing. Um, it's it's so hard to get into and it's uh you know i'll be honest it's really expensive um like my father raced and my grandfather raced and uh my grandfather was actually killed in a racing accident in 1958 the same year my dad was born wow and uh my dad raced his whole entire life and uh never really got the chances he was able to give me and uh, i grew up in it like i said i've been racing about every week at least once or twice a week since i was four years old so about 24 25 years now and uh, once you get to the top levels of NASCAR, it's it's really hard. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. It's not like there's a NASCAR draft or anything. It's <laughs> go find a $30 million sponsor and then come talk to a team. Um, so, like, I could go drive for Joe Gibbs Racing next year, or, um, one of the top teams. But I don't know many millionaires that are going to write me a $30 million check to go do it. Um, so it's a, it's a very different type of sport. Um, I got out of full-time driving and, like, pursuing it. 
a hundred percent a couple of years ago, just because it's just crazy. Like I was uh, racing full time, probably 40 or 50 races a year at the top levels of NASCAR, NASCAR cup series, NASCAR trucks and Xfinity. And I was making less than I did working three jobs in college. Wow. So, um, like it sounds very glamorous and glorious. Yeah. You might get like a free sandwich here or there, but you're like barely surviving. Um, it's not like there's a salary cap floor or anything. Um, I was just trying to grind to get step to step and, uh, eventually not necessarily gave up, but just kind of took a step aside and, uh, want to make sure I'm able to provide for my now wife and dogs and all of that and start building a future. So, yeah, um, no, that makes sense. Yeah. I wanted to build the resume up and, uh, kind of the business side now, and I get to pick my spots a little bit better. So I, before I had to take a lot of opportunities on the driving side that may not have been best for my career, just to try to make some money. And uh, now I can focus more on getting some good opportunities, having fun with it when I do it. That's cool. Yeah. It, it's, um, it sounds like it's kind of a sport of passion, you know, like some people have careers where it's just like, uh, well, kind of like what I do now. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't write for this blog full time. I do it just because it's, it's fun. It, it certainly doesn't pay any bills. It's just fun, something fun to do that I can, you know, scratch a certain itch whenever I do it. Uh, oh, yeah. But I, I, you know, I, I don't, I have no qualms that like it's going to lead to anything. I just, I just want to keep doing it. It sounds kind of similar that like you've got, I mean, I, I can't imagine working all that hard like it sounds like as hard as you've worked to get there to just kind of have basically this huge rollback that says like yep yeah you're not gonna be able to do this now for a career so uh, why don't you find something else that's gotta be but uh, you know what you gotta it sounds like you you're in a good place with it though that's good yeah it's just like it was so frustrating that you could work 300 days a year and not find anything or you could like sit on the plane next to the right person and boom you're set for your career so it's never something like the harder you work, the, the closer you get to your goal. It's just always a question mark. And, um, you know, you can only do that for so long, like 24, 25 years of like barely making it by and not being able to get a new car or, uh, like living in a tiny little apartment in the ghetto. You're like, uh, maybe I should probably reevaluate my life choices right now. Yeah. Right. Not to mention the safety of it. I'm sure that's a, that's a constant thought. I would imagine. I mean, maybe, maybe not. Oh maybe my there, gosh, maybe yeah. are... between the college hockey and getting my share of concussions and that and, uh, then hitting walls with my face at like 200 miles an hour. I'm pretty messed up already. I have no memory at all. So. Oh gosh, where, where did you play? Where did you play college hockey? Uh, George Mason University. So it was uh, club hockey, uh, ACHA, and a little school outside of DC, uh, most known for like their Final Four stuff. Um, I think back in 2004, 2006. Okay. But nothing like crazy high level, but just do that ice hockey inline quite a lot like back then i was playing for four or five different teams a week and uh doing all the college training and now i'm just beer leaguing it so it's a lot more fun yeah right well i you you played a lot more hockey than i i, I played uh two seasons in high school and <laughs> quickly found out that i was not very good i could skate <laughs> but i can't do anything with a stick so <laughs> there kinda... was a big age discrepancy back then yeah i'd get my brain rattled in high school too <laughs> right yeah well i i didn't even play enough to get my brain rattled i think i had like <laughs> i think i'd spent two minutes in the penalty box one time and i was like oh god thank god i'm in here i don't have to be out there (laughs) last time to mess up right (laughs) right exactly exactly coach can't yell at me from way over here exactly uh yeah so uh well that's great man i am glad that uh i'm glad you were able to join us because it's i i I, it's sort of like i saw it in the background and i was like who is this this race racing guy random guy i know and then and then i was like wait a minute he's got he's got a following here and uh he's kind of enjoying this so i'm gonna see if he wants to come on so i appreciate it i wanted to ask you have you ever gotten do you so you live you live in the north carolina area right 
Yeah, I live in uh, Charlotte, but I try to make it out. Uh, Nashville, if, if I ever move from Charlotte, is like the first place I'm going because I, I absolutely love that city. That's why I did my bachelor party out there, and I try to make a trip out there at least a couple times a year. We're trying to go to SantaCon this year. That's like my, my whole goal for the year. I don't even know what that is. What is that? <laughs> I went there for my bachelor party last year, and I like did not, had no idea what was going on. I walked out, and there were five billion Santas walking around bar to bar. In uh, Nashville? Like, this, yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, it's a whole night where everybody just dresses up like like Santa Claus or Mrs. Claus or elves. And I was yeah. like, all right, well, I'll have to come back here next year because I'm a random guy just standing in jeans and a T-shirt right now and everybody else dressed up as Santa. Is that, it? Is that <laughs> I've never heard of this. Is that like around <laughs> Christmas time or something? Uh, it must have been like mid-December, but it was okay. like one of the funniest things I've ever seen. So I'm, I'm definitely coming back for that. I'm going to have to Google that. I've never heard of this. I, I'm, it, I've lived in Nashville it, all my man. life and that's crazy. Oh, it's it was hilarious. Man. I um, love Hattie B's and everything out there. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, I do. You, do you ever make it over to Raleigh to see any Hurricanes games? Or yeah, a couple times a year. But if I'm like, that's about a two and a half, three hour drive for me, and I'd much oh. rather just go up to DC at that point. Oh, nice. See okay. the Caps, but yeah, the, like no offense to Hurricanes, but they're uh, not as good. <laughs> it's pretty dead there. Yeah, yeah. there's not a lot of people going on. Well, that's like I've only been to to a couple different arenas other than Nashville, and I I, I did go to Raleigh to see a Hurricanes game. It was I, I enjoyed it. It's kind of a, it's a very different atmosphere. It's like, I mean, it's just kind of set out from the rest of the city, and it's like on a college campus basically, or like a you know it's it's where the NC State plays. It just feels very different. It's not bad. It just feels so different from Nashville. It so. just feels like you're kind of removed from the game. Where like Nashville to me feels like a a college football game where you're like part of the game. DC's yeah. not even like that. It's a lot of suit and tie people, but Nashville, I've been to probably 10, 15 different hockey um, ranks, like for NHL and um, Dallas, Carolina, DC, um, a lot of the rinks out West, but Nashville is by far, I'm not even saying this because our like this podcast, it's by far the best I've ever been to the in game experience, the chance, everything. I wish every rink was like that. I, mean, I know Vegas is pretty close, but, we're the we're the OG. <laughs> yeah, I need to go to a uh, Vegas game this year, but you guys just kill it. It's yeah, amazing. yeah. Uh, well, I I think that I think we've covered it. I think uh, that that about does it. We've we've covered everything uh, that that I wanted to. Anything else you want to mention? You want to throw anything out there? Pl- plug uh, your your company and anything you want to talk about? No, I just wanted to thank you for having me on. And uh, yeah, like I said, I'll be racing uh, next weekend. I'm not sure when's come out, but like ten days from now. Um, we're going to Bristol this weekend, so we're going to be in Tennessee, but I'll be racing at Road America next weekend. And uh, you guys can tune in. I think it's on NBCSN on Saturday. So check nice. it out. Nice. Awesome. All right, Ryan Ellis, thanks for coming on the podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me. All right. You come You come back to Nashville. You hit us up. We'll uh, come, come hang out. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. All right. Talk to you later, man. <laughs>